And welcome to another episode of The Final Draft, the show where we pair our favorite content from the week with our favorite beer of the week. My name is Dylan Schultz. And I'm Matt Yanni Boswell. Ah, and I'm Matt Laurel Boswell. You're Dylan. Oh yeah, that's right. So we're in the end of spring, coming into the throes of summer. Yeah. Getting so, harder and harder to breathe. Not to... Uh, in the words of Adam Levine of Room 5. I uh, switched from Zoloft to Flonase, and it's a game changer, let me really? tell you. So we're wow. really proud to be sponsored this week by Flonase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Um, so let me see. Um, what came out a couple couple months ago, I think, but I just got around to, new album by Andrew W.K. Mm. Andrew W.K. is still putting out new music. He's not riding just on the power of I Get Wet from 2001. And you just handed me a ticket voucher. Two free tickets. Andrew WK uh, live at Del Mar Hall. So this is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Andrew WK a few times. Great live show. This is the most positive record oh, you will really? ever hear. Yeah. Oh, the dude um, lives his best life at all times. And I really respect and appreciate that because while it comes from a place of ridiculous anthemic party music, um, it is very genuine. Yeah. And I am looking out for people. down with a free spirit like that. So, um, with warmer weathers come summer beers, and we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit. But one that I wanted to bring up first: Have you had Bud Light Orange yet? Mm-mm. Nope. Man, I need to. Bud Light Freedom Reserve as well. Actually, just Budweiser. Budweiser Freedom Reserve. Is that their um, uh, bourbon barrel aged no, no, version this is of Budweiser? I think bourbon, bourbon barrel is coming out in September. Oh, interesting. That'll be really fun for like Oktoberfest. I mean, as fun as a Budweiser. As fun as a Budweiser can be. Can be yeah. Hey, Budweiser, but if you're <laughs> looking to sponsor us and give us some free beer, I love Freedom Reserve. Yeah. Um, also, I've we, taken the tour three times in the past year alone of I, your factory. So I hope that when you said that, I, I know you said just in the past year alone. I wish you meant in the past year, I've taken the tour of your brewery three times alone by myself. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I speaking of more tent, uh, Barry and Silicon Valley both ended last week. Um, very strong seasons. I think you need to finish them both. So yeah, I, I need to. I'm, I'm going to wrap those but, up possibly ooh. tonight, but tonight we're watching the season finale of Westworld, baby. You're totally right. We're watching the new episode of Westworld, baby. I just assumed uh, that because the other shows were finishing no. that that meant this, but they're, so, they just started their story. Silicon Valley <laughs> does a good job of continuing to do what makes it good while staying fresh, finding ways to stay fresh. Barry has established itself as my new favorite show. Nice. It's so good. That's awesome. It was so good. So I will say that whenever we started this season of Silicon Valley, I expressed some concern oh, you were that it was overly formulaic and, um, you know, I don't know, just beating a dead horse. And they changed that, you know, like within a couple episodes as they do every single season. But then I checked myself and reminded myself that this is a Mike Judge show. Oh, yeah. And like any... Mike Judge program and shows like that. It's not about building and building and building every season, except for just like little minute details. It's just about repeating the formula that's working incredibly well for the show. Yeah. I mean, King of the Hill, none of those people changed. Oh, no. Ever. It's oh, a cartoon. No. They're not yeah. supposed to. They literally never they like, wore the same clothes I feel every like day. If like Silicon Valley is changing, it's that they're all becoming worse people. 
and it's great. <laughs> yeah, They're all becoming terrible. So bad that they have to literally kill you off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy, in real life, bad characters. <laughs> yeah. um, speaking of season finales, SNL just wrapped up this last week, and um, it was it was a good one. It was Tina Fey. Um, I I think with it being Tina Fey, I had unreasonable expectations. And the finale like for was... For, like, the expected hilarity yeah, and stuff? And yeah, and the finale was yeah. good. It wasn't amazing. It was good. Overall, I think this season was very strong, though. You yeah. Think it, some of the high points, like Charles Barkley, of course, the the Chance the Rapper one, and uh, Charles Gambino, Don Glover. Yep. You know, the, the 80s music video and Friendos were two of the, the better skits in recent memory earlier on or like mid-season the sam rockwell episode was really solid oh, yeah, yeah tiffany I mean, haddish episode was really good larry david was great if you are complaining in 2018 that snl isn't funny you need to seriously get off your high horse and actually watch the show yeah yeah the I, i'm a strong believer that the people who complain about snl having you know like not been good in the past five to ten years or so and that it was so much better back in the good old days are they don't watch it. They don't watch it. They are the people who have only ever seen the best of programs on Netflix. Yeah, or, bu- or bought the best of Will Ferrell Part One DVD and like reference that as like here's everything the thing they know. with SNL for as long as it's been on. This is season forty three. This is never a show that consistently, top to bottom of the episode, beginning to end of the season, has been nonstop hilarity. There are clunkers in every episode. Clunkers in every season. Um, it's. And it's it's there's an innate corniness to the humor. It's always been there. It's it's just like a corny humor, and you have to allow yourself to to laugh and not view it with your nose stuck up. And they that's not to say that they don't give freedom of expression to their writing style because they certainly do. Oh, with absolutely. like, I mean, we it's it's not dated now, but it's baked into to the aesthetic now. But like, so like when you think of the Andy Samberg style of humor and the introduction of the digital sort series, like that was unprecedented at the time. That was a completely yeah. different brand of humor than what the enterprise was known for and now it's part of their identity and so like you know they they do a lot to expand on that they give kyle mooney a platform that i don't know man (laughs) who would have given him a platform and he excels in it oh no he's incredible i mean i i absolutely love kyle mooney you know and my goodness type of humor that pete davidson brings to especially his appearances on weekend update um this is just a cast that's really firing on all cylinders um different seemingly random cast members really shine from, you know, it's going to be a different person. It might be Melissa Villasenor one week, and then next week is Chris Red, and then Kyle Mooney. Um, while there every are episode sta- is Kate McKinnon. Yeah, while there are standout <laughs> cast members, all of this, you know, quote-unquote supporting cast, um, they're strong. They're really strong, and it's it's been a good season. Yeah, there have been a couple stinky seasons like i want to say Absolutely. 42 41 maybe a little bit whenever all the new incoming cast were replacing some of the greats the will mm-hmm. fortes and the jason sudeikis and, and i mean even taron left you know which was a real yeah. blow to the gut because he was really just kind of finding his footing as, as the new sudeikis oh yeah i mean Always he'll be Keenan. there forever yeah he tried to retire and they said no oh. <laughs> um but yeah it's always got this DNA, this SNL DNA, regardless of the writing staff that, um, I don't know. I mean, it carries it through. It's a, it's a really, uh, it's an American treasure of an enterprise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I read a really interesting article, uh, uh, about SNL being viewed an SNL marathon being viewed on Twitch, which is a streaming service, usually for video games. Um, 
but sometimes a streamer will will just you know use their channel to play uh, TV, and in this case, it was an SNL marathon. And the addition of Twitch chat, which is the live uh, kind of messaging With that everybody HQ can feed. kind of yeah, everybody can kind of jump in and and add along. It m- recreated that sense of community and identity that really encapsulated SNL in the 80s and, and early 90s where it was people just getting together and watching this and and laughing together and and quoting all of these bits um Twitch is sort of a way where in 2018 we can recreate that feeling of community and everyone knows that SNL always excels in times of political turmoil and it's not like we're not always in political turmoil but when it mm-hmm. like there's a lot of shenanigans going on and that's really where their best core material stems from and uh, I don't know I think the public is uh, is becoming more aware of it they did a really great job this season is is the most comprehensive season that I can remember at least in recent memory and that all oh, of the hosts all the and all of the musical guests are all like almost every episode was at least 60% good. Like Mm -hmm. uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score of this season is probably, you know, pretty up there compared to the past few. So yeah, it's been great. um, So, you know, I mean, while I'm not gonna, you know, say that this is the next big thing and everybody's not current and cultured, if they're not watching, like give it a chance. Like SNL's still a great institution. I don't think at this point in its tenure, you're allowed to say that SNL is the next big thing (laughs) because I think it, Oh, it, it has been. Oh, it peaked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and now we're just stock market kind of rising and falling. But uh, yeah, SNL, if you're one of those nerds who says that it's not funny anymore, or if you're someone who just hasn't really paid a lot of attention, put on a couple episodes. Find a celebrity that you like a lot who hosts an episode. Start there. You know, if you really like it, maybe just jump on. YouTube's done a great job of every sketch of the four most recent episodes, and then I'm sure older episodes you can find on there as well. And uh, if you don't know where to start, start with the Donald Glover episode. Yeah. Raz P. Barry good. and Dr. Reginald Saunders are my two most favorite original characters. Oh, man. What's the name of the uh, pumpkin guy? Oh, yeah. David, yeah, S. David S. Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Yeah. They're starting to wear that out. I'm not looking forward to this Oh, this they October. wore it out the, so The fast. animated special was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And this is what I'm talking about. They, you can't win them all. But, you know. Just, yeah, but but it, when David S. Pumpkins it, was debuted, it was yeah. amazing. And don't necessarily do what I do and negate any other Saturday night opportunities just to stay home and watch every single episode of SNL yeah, for every season Sunday every year. Yeah, we tape now. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I probably need to move on with my life and start incorporating a little bit more fun stuff. But anyway, dive in. Don't be afraid of it. Nobody's going to think you're lame. We're going right. to take a little break. We're going to take a break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk beer. We're going to talk music. Uh, and then we're going to talk more beer, and then we're going to talk a movie, because that's how the show works. So we'll see you in a few. Alrighty, welcome back to the final draft. Um, today we are drinking my maybe all-time favorite beer. Uh, it's a bold claim. It's, we, it, yeah, we drink a lot of beer, but it's you know it's just one of those ones that like it. it uh, when you're a fan of this beer, it's like you're in a club. You're like in the two-hearted club. Oh, so yeah. um, two-hearted, you say? I have two hearts. Uh, and we are drinking one beats for bells too hard and the other beats for bells over on <laughs> and it just so happens bells i hope you're listening we're shouting out you this episode yeah absolutely uh, we're starting with the bells too hearted ale it is an american ipa a perfectly balanced american ipa 
brewed with 100% centennial hops and bursting with aromas ranging from pine to grapefruit. Whoa, dude. You should think about maybe like copywriting for the bottom orange area of the can. Because that would would look really great in print. It'd be good. It's a pretty clever description that I just came up with on the spot. Mm. I'm good at improv. (laughs) Indeed. Much like the cast of SNL. Yes. So so this beer is... um, I'm not a big IPA guy. And I remember the first time drinking too hearted i was turned away mm. um it's a it bold was, beer it's, it's got like a yeah. lot going on it's not a casual type of thing yeah it it's, took me um, a little bit of time to learn to love the pine flavor yeah it's really 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 heavy um it's a lot you know it's great because you're not going to drink it fast yep You'll because you it. literally can't yeah. um but it's not as thick and heavy as like an imperial stout or, or something like that um but yeah, it's, I don't know, anytime that I see it like on tap anywhere, it's my immediate go-to, no matter whether I was planning to go to the devil's house or not, because this thing is strong. Yeah. And um, all those beer nerds out there I know are laughing at me, but I got to say that this is seriously like one of the most like IPA, like super mm-hmm. hoppy, you know, IPA. It's very hoppy. And I'm yeah. sure that there's like, oh, bro, you don't even know. Let me show you. <laughs> Have you ever had Hop Slam? Let me show yeah, you man. <laughs> Ultra Hopsolent Hop Daddy from Hops Brewing. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. I'm just trying to. Yeah. This is this is like a pretty pretty strong beer for me. Yeah. And 7%. it's good, though. It's good. It It's not, if you don't have a lot of experience with IPAs, I wouldn't dive right into this one. Here's um, the thing. You got to drink it fast. Because it only has a shelf life of six months. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, very earthy, very um, pine yeah. cones tasting. And it's just like you're boiling down Speaking cones, Speaking down of things cones. that you find in the forest, uh, like pine cones, you also may find a frightened rabbit. And while we are not talking about frightened rabbit, this week's album is by a band called Master System. Dance music by Master System. Dance music. Have you ever owned or played a Sega Master System? I have not. I don't know. I must. I think it's post Sega Genesis, but pre Dreamcast. Correct. Um, but maybe it's pre Genesis. I don't. I, yeah, I, they had a, too many I systems. I was a Nintendo boy yeah. growing yep. up. Same. Um, I was Super Nintendo and PS One. I didn't have a PS One. I had a neighbor who did, and it was awesome playing a PS One over there. But I jumped from sixty four to PS Two, and I've been a PlayStation guy ever since. But um, so we thought. While this isn't, uh, it's a new record. It's not super, super new, but it's it you know came out this year. Um, we thought that it was fitting to talk about now, um, so that we can pay tribute to the singer of Master System and more notably, Frightened Rabbit, uh, Scott Hutchinson. This band is Scott and his his brother Grant Hutchinson, and then two other brothers, Justin and James Lockie. Grant, I believe, was also in Frightened Rabbit. He was correct. Yeah. And before we get into Master System, I do want to say that. The loss of Scott Hutchinson weighed pretty heavy on me like it did many other people. He was a fantastic musician whose whose music and lyrics touched a lot of people and and helped them. You know, I remember getting the Midnight Organ Fight, a record by Fry and Rabbit, in like 2009. I was in high school. And, you know, these late night drives, um, I was in a state of mind where I hadn't quite recognized, you know, the struggles that I go through mentally and emotionally and i was listening to this song off this record the modern leper and i remember just blasting that in the car and really feeling this connection um in a place where i felt so disconnected for a very long time 
So um, thank you, Scott Hutchinson, and and rest in peace, man. Yeah, it's funny how um, like we were just offhandedly mentioning Frightened Rabbit in the recording of our Kentucky Derby episode when we were covering Band of Horses and how integral both of these bands are to this alt-rock kind of folk revival hybrid type of type of music and um and I didn't think much of it then I, I honestly like whenever we were sitting here talking I was like oh yeah Frightened Rabbit that's a band that I need to check out a little bit more I just missed them when they came through town last year um, and I know that people hold them really highly. And then I think the next day is when he went missing. Oh, he went missing, and everything started to unfold. Um, so as I'm sure a lot of people do in those cases, I started checking out the material because I'm not intimately familiar with this band. And um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but in the most recent um, Frightened Rabbit record, it's from 2016, if I'm not mistaken, uh, "Painting of a Panic Attack," I think mm-hmm. is what it's called. Yep. And uh, you know, I mean that that title alone says a lot um but i think as that was their uh most commercially successful band there was a good deal of refinement and polish to that album that while it was covering a lot of mental health issues um and and you know really getting kind of detailed with scott's psyche you can tell that he's the the lyricist in that band um it's nothing like this master system record and how vulnerable and open and kind of unrefined and unpolished it is yeah and it's something where between fried rabbit and master system scott has this writing style where he very much wears his heart on his sleeve and it's easy to look at it just as this this pained artist when really you know it's almost like a cry for help that's that's not being answered it's just being celebrated and while obviously this loss is is huge and very sad i don't want to make this section a big downer genuinely do celebrate this record dance music um in that that title is super misleading because this is a straight up noisy kind of grungy rock record reminiscent of smashing pumpkins sonic youth mm-hmm. you said silver sun pickups silver sun, yeah it's a more that. modern kind of thing um, yeah there's some guitar parts that are kind of dinosaur jr mm-hmm. there's some other guitar parts that are straight up just like doom Metal. Yeah. Oh, totally. With some really heavily distorted bass yeah. and like really, and kind of more like uh, like modern bands like Cloakroom and yeah. stuff like that, where it's I just really, really, really open and, and really dark. And then you get his cool, very thick Scottish voice yeah. over the top of it. I was shocked by the sonic like presence of this album. I mean, knowing nothing about what this was going to be, and only just recently kind of familiarizing myself with Frightened Rabbit, I didn't expect this just like hard hitting rock oh you can't get any further from friend rap oh it's totally totally different yeah and um i think that that speaks volumes about it as uh as a unit of expression especially two years removed from frightened rabbit's last album um you can tell that like this is people don't make side projects unless they really want to get it out of them like they you make a side project because you've got something that you can't express in your primary income paycheck band and you know you do the thing that's a passion project and not to say that i'm not trying to cheapen frighten rabbit by Absolutely, any means yeah. i mean i think that that all of their material is nothing short of masterful but there's just as a creative you have more in you than just what that one record can summarize every two years exactly and, and sometimes you have to turn the amps up to 11 yeah <laughs> and really scream and have that cathartic release um, that is in this this record. And with this being a recent release in 2018, it's obviously a little bit closer to, uh, you know, what Scott had on his mind and what he had to say in, in more recent times. And because of that and because of the outlet that this type of music is, you get a lot closer to the 
heartbeat of of where he was at in recent months. Um, and this album speaks volumes about what uh, what it means to write a swan song and like the importance of of you don't get an open book like you said um, like this dude very often. And um, you know, I think that this just reminds us that it's really important to pay attention to lyrics because whenever you know, I mean, everybody likes sad boy music, but like. You listen, you go back and you listen to Frightened Rabbit lyrics or you listen to lyrics from this release and knowing what we know now, it's like, oh my goodness, this is autobiographical, like you like you said, a cry for help and all that kind of stuff. And uh but it's just funny how whenever you're in a in a place of success, like nobody reads it like that. They exactly. just they just celebrate it and they're like, Oh, you know, you're, you're so you're honest. talking about you're being so sad. Yeah. yeah. And like and like acting like that that's alleviating them from all the pain that they feel. But then you get to what I kind of read is the, um, I mean, I'm not going to call it the the single from this record by any means, but I think that it's like the hallmark of uh, of Scott and like where he he was when writing this record and and in this past year or so. Um, Bird who got bored of flying, um, which the title alone is kind of, I mean that that says it yeah. all, you know. And I think it's it's more of an allegory for his success as an artist and. Um, what it means to have like mental health issues as a successful person. Um, but it's the juxtaposition of those lyrics against this like really awesome, like really intense, oh, yeah. like very riff heavy, awesome music. And um, I'm, I'm glad to have it. Yeah. I'm bummed that, that I didn't get to listen to it prior yeah. to the news. And it's so. something that right now it's hard to listen to. It's really you know difficult to listen to without – it's very surreal. Yeah, and I, I hope that in time it, you know, obviously we don't forget about the impact of Scott and the importance of these conversations, but I hope it, it gets a little easier to listen to and to, to listen to it through a ce- celebratory uh, lens as opposed to uh, one of mourning. But Yeah, separating it from the recent news, um, this album is – very diverse in its writing, uh, not not in its writing style, but in its selection of of riffs and lyrics oh, and yeah. song structure. Um, it sounds very cohesive, and it sounds like a band who's really um, they're having con- fun. They're having the fun, and they're very confident in their identity, mm-hmm. and they're doing things musically that sound like they are doing them just because they wanted to, yeah. not because they had to to fulfill label obligations. Yeah, and, and it doesn't make a ton of sense on paper. The way I can just imagine them writing out kind of the structures of these yeah. songs with there's using these tones parts. here. There's some long parts to, yeah. to some of the songs, especially but towards the end of them. It's but great. but yeah, it's it's um. Uh, it serves a purpose, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're like diving deep in and and even if it is just kind of like an open like jam, riffy yeah. jam kind of howling moment, it's because that's like what it was calling for and that's because they're documenting their emotion on site in the recording process of, of this record. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it's really awesome. I think yeah. it's a really, really yeah. cool it's band an and awesome a really cool sound. And it's something where um, if you are not familiar with Scott, Hutch- Scott Hutchinson – his catalog um definitely check out master system especially if you're into more rock grunge kind of stuff and then frightened rabbit is is indie folk um both are beautiful in their own their own regards um cheers to you scott absolutely um i think it's time for a break yeah um, we're gonna get away from this heavy beer get this. a little 
heavy content and a little positive. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to get something a little bit more uh, summary and we'll be right back. And welcome back to the final draft. Uh, now we are continuing with the Bells Brewing. Um, where is Bells brewed in? Is it? Is Bells in Colorado? No, Comstock, Michigan. Comstock, like uh, Bioshock Infinite. Father Comstock in Columbus. Speaking Columbia. of, so we just cracked open our uh, Oculus Go. Just starting to uh, to get a feel for it. Um, and it, it just got a full charge, so we haven't had much time. But the uh, free Tomb Raider demo game is really tight. But hey, what we think of that is... Oh, well, go ahead. Hey, Oculus, if you want to... Sponsor us and throw some free headsets. We could use our way. two more headsets because while be we are great. the faces of this podcast, <laughs> we do one, have a face for podcasts. We, we have one other member who uh, only works behind the scenes and tells us whenever we're going off the rails and makes some of the final edits. Uh, and Austin Bosty, Austin the Boss Man, is the uh, owner of the Oculus currently. So we need two more headsets. Um, We'd appreciate that sponsorship. Yeah, because we know this is meant to be a collaborative uh, type of experience. And, so let us uh, truly experience it the way that you meant. We just want to play Catan. Back like, to the bells. All three of us playing Catan. Oh, no, what made me think of that, though, is I feel like Bioshock Infinite would, would be, be the greatest VR yeah. port yet. And it's it's shocking to me. It's Bioshocking to me that they <laughs> haven't ported that yet with all the other bullcrap that they've thrown our way. But Bells are over on ale. American Weed Ale. An American weed ale with a spicy hop character, mildly fruity aromas, and the color and scent of a sunny afternoon. Mm. And boy, let me tell you That's what. That's really accurate. Best enjoyed on a sunny afternoon. Absolutely. This is this is festival beer if you're like. My all-time favorite warm weather beer. Yeah, most definitely. Um, a beer that I refuse to drink in the fall or winter. Oh. Definitely. So that I can just a, be reminded. A, because you, you can't buy it then. True. And, <laughs> and B, because it's this is a beer that I love so much that I would love to have access to it every day. But the fact that it is made a limited release makes oh, yeah. it that much better. I celebrate it. Bell's Oberon. Always makes me think of Oberon from Game of Thrones. Oh, Oberon? Oberon. <laughs> um, Prince Oberon. So... Speaking of sunny and happy and enjoyable, as well as brutal violence like Prince Oberon, yeah, uh, like, we saw uh, Deadpool two. Deadpool one was very good. I I just think watched I remember, it again last night. I think I remember coming out of this theater of Deadpool two and you talking about how you had pretty low expectations for Deadpool one, yes, and was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, um, one. I should say that I didn't have massive expectations. I thought that fair. it was going to be yeah. predictable and kind of uh, um, sophomoric. Conf- <laughs> sophomoric is a really great way to put it. Kind of confined to a corner uh, inside of a Spencer's gift shop. Ooh, very my good. So, um, which you know, not that they don't sell a lot of flat bill hats there, based around this movie. Yeah, they got cool blacklight posters. There's, there's so much more to it though. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, there's not. I'm not trying to like put this on a pedestal of like. It's a very good movie, but it's 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 badass. In and a like, in a movie or in a world where comic book movies have taken over, it definitely does stand out. You know, it has. It's it's one of the funniest comic book movies. You know, I think Ant-Man was hilarious, but mm-hmm. I think this is probably the funniest. And as you watch it, you just think, man, why can't every superhero movie be rated R? 
with like how brutal and and cool the action sequences are and the yeah. fight sequences and and it's unbridled but it, well it's it's, great. it's so highly produced but it does not cut any corners or pull any punches in the way of the writing and the dialogue and all of that i mean i'm sure there's some stuff that was a little too raunchy to make the cut even in oh, sure. rated r territory but um everybody knows this at this point but it's so obvious that this is ryan reynolds calling Absolutely. in life well that's what i had written down to bring up earlier and I've asked this with a couple other things we've talked about, but I'm so interested in the idea of casting. And and is there anybody better than Ryan Reynolds for this role you can think of? Can't imagine. No. I, I, the only I, I one, absolutely can't The only imagine. one I could think that could maybe come close would be early 2000s Jim Carrey. But even sure. then, Ryan Reynolds is probably the yeah. man for this role. Yeah, and, and he he man absolutely delivers, and the way that you know with the post credits he pokes fun at himself in a meta way, mm-hmm. just his sense of humor is is perfect for. And not to give anything away, but I'm really glad that he uh, gave himself the room to acknowledge his uh, in the past what was settling for what he has always wanted this experience to be, and he finally got enough creative control to bring this vision of his to life. Yeah, and what's so good about this movie is kind of that supporting cast um, surrounding Deadpool where you have like the X-Force members, you know, Domino and Shatterstar, uh, Cannonball, um, Paul, um, the Vanisher is another <laughs> one. And uh, beyond that, you know, Colossus is, is awesome mm-hmm. in this movie. And, and I was watching it during a fight scene and Colossus got punched in the mouth and spit out a tooth. And the first thing that came to my mind was, why does Colossus have teeth? (laughs) He definitely does. He's a giant metal man. And for some reason, he has teeth that he can lose. Um, And uh, Russell Firefist, that actor really impressed me. And then, of course, Thanos being in this movie was was very (laughs) impressive. You know, you thought that he would be too busy in the MCU trying to get all the Infinity Stones but he found time to, to be a jump completely different character and jump into this side of the franchise. And Thanos <laughs> played Cable in this movie, of course, um, starring Thanos as Cable. Yep. That's and right. uh, and Cable was good, you know? It, it, he wasn't what I expected. Yeah. No, but man, I love Brolin, dude. Every time. Keep Brolin, Brolin, Brolin. Yeah. Ah. I mean, even like, you know, I'm always on the fence about Oliver Stone. But are you talking about W? W was a pretty like it was it was pretty fun. W is pretty good, but it's movie. got me on a tangent about how this new uh, Bohemian Rhapsody looks like a um, Oliver Stone type of biopic type of movie, which is both cool and maybe not cool. I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be Remy pretty Malik hard. Oh, man. absolutely, and yeah. I think yeah. Queen is is fantastic. Oh, and absolutely. I think that no, movie's gonna we've rock. got all the pieces to make what could be a really, really great experience. So yeah, like that looks like it's going to be. You know, they're not trying to make it ultra modern. They're not doing weird stuff with like the camera angles and like wide angle lenses and like trying to make it all modern and surrealist and Birdman, which is kind of like what I thought the, the direction that they would take whenever this was announced. But it looks like a classic biopic documentary like type of rockumentary yeah. exact like or not even rockumentary but like uh rock star or uh what's the one with drew barrymore almost famous also i would be remiss to talk about the supporting cast in deadpool 2 and not mention the one true american treasure 
Yukio. We've had two American treasures in this episode. Speaking of consuming good tent, uh, we got a Westworld episode to go watch, and you got some some Silicon Valley and Barry. I think that it's time that we call it. Go see some Deadpool. Go it's, listen to Master System. Yep. It's uh, Deadpool is as good as you expect it to be. I'm yes. Just leave it it's, that. It, it's very good. There's, yeah. there's some good bits. Yeah. And if you'd like to sponsor our next episode and join the ranks of all these awesome breweries who we've been with so far, just hit us up at finaldraftpodcast at gmail.com or finaldraftpod on Twitter. Thanks. Have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Cheers, buddy.